Gavaldik. So today's daf is daf ayin tes. And we got up to daf ayin tes, page 79 in Mesachis Yabamas. Um, we, let's see. We, 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 we. Let's go back to the bottom of ayin chesem base to Omar David. All right? F- uh, f- uh, four lines, uh, four words before the end of the Omud, all the way in the bottom of 78b. Okay, now let's remind ourselves the conversation that we got onto was the drusha of that uh, only a male member of Amain is forbidden, a female member is allowed, and the same thing applies to Mayav. Hence, David HaMelech has no problem with his yichus, has no problem with his lineage. Okay, now yesterday we started a conversation where Shaul and Avna were trying to figure out uh, what uh, David HaMelech's, uh, what David HaMelech's yichus was, and then ultimately we said, the, the, well, we said that um, there was a psak halacha, that there's no issue whatsoever because David comes from Rus and, and everybody accepts the drusha of Mayavi Mayavis. Therefore, Rus was tahar, was kosher, and so too David is going to be kosher. Now, now, the last piece of Gemara, that's a shtickle of how we got onto this. The last piece of Gemara told us that in the days of David, there was a three year famine. Okay? There was a three year famine. Now, David was trying to figure out why. And ultimately, he asked the Urim Vitumim, which told him it was because Shaul was not eulogized properly. Okay, that was number one. And also because of the sin of killing out the Giv'ainim, who are Nesinim. Okay, and that's the halacha of a Nasin. A Nasin is Layava, he's not let him marry in. The Gavayim were killed out. And we said they weren't really killed out by Shoal, but Shoal killed out their source of income by killing out Naiv Irakehanim, and the Gavayim were the water carriers for Naiv Irakehanim. So that's what it means he killed them. All right. That's fascinating. So, huh? There was no Taina for killing out the Kohanim. On, on Shoal, the, on, on Shoal. Right, right, right. The right, Taina right. was a, because he killed the Gohanim, the Very good. didn't have any food. Right. That's interesting. So, so uh, uh, okay, fine. So here we go. Omar David. David says, Shaul, as far as, you know, fixing up the problem of not giving a hesped to Shaul, nafki lehu, trace yarchi shart, we already passed by 12 months. V'loi darki lemesde, the darach is not to give hesped after 12 months. Okay, so therefore, there's really not much I could do. Not much I could do in, in ways of uh, tshuva for that. However, says David HaMelech, incredible, listen to this. Nesinim, what about the Nesinim? Nekrinu v'nafsinu. You know what I have to do? I have to mephias them. I have to ask them mechila. You know why? Because Lamaisa, three years of famine, David knew he's between a rock and a hard place. He needs their mechila. Right? Three years of famine. And the Urim Vatumim tells him, you got to do tshuva on this. So he's stuck. All right. So what does he do? Listen to what David Amalek does. This is an incredible, incredible Gemara. Me out immediately. He said to the Gavainim, no, how could I get, he called them in and he said, what could I do for you? What could I do for you to um, be Michael Klau Yisrael so that we can get our, our grain back, we can get, our, we can get food. 
The Gavainim said like this, We don't want gold, we don't want silver, we don't want Shol, we don't want his family. Nor do we want to um, kill out uh, other Yidin. Listen to what they say though. Okay, listen to what they say. They blow your mind. Let me tell you what we want. We want seven descendants of Shaul and we're going to hang them. That's what we want. Dovon HaMelech, apparently from the Psukim, was offering them anything they wanted. Gold, silver, mansions, land. Take it, servants, anything you want. And you know what they say? We want revenge. We want revenge. That's what, the, that's what these give Ainim want. Revenge. Okay. Can I say something? I, Go ahead. I, you know, about maybe 10 years ago, five years ago, there were three Israeli kids that got kidnapped. No, but yeah, the Naftali, and I couldn't believe it. I live in Beitar. I could hear fireworks night after night from the Arabim. Incredible. From nearby villages. All, yeah. They were happy because we were sad. That's all they cared about. Incredible. We weren't happy. They don't get yep. a thing from it. Yeah. I'm sorry. What do they say? What they, 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 they say people mamish when it comes to things like this. They, they cut off their own hands just to, just to hurt somebody else, right? Mamish. Okay, so listen to what happens. Mephias, David tried to appease them. They refused to be appeased. Omar, David HaMelech said, Chavra, listen closely. David HaMelech says, If you want to know what's in the DNA of a Yid, there's three things. A Yid is a Rachman, is merciful, we are humble, bashful, and we're gaimel chesed. Gaimel chesed means not that it's different than merciful. Mercy is when somebody's in tsar, you're merciful. Gaimel chesed means I search for chesed. I'm proactive. That's gaimel chesed. I want to bestow kindness, even when not because I see a need, but because I just want to. I want to give chesed. That's, that's what's in the DNA of every yid. Okay. Parshas Re'ei, I'll give you Rachmanus. Ba'ishonim d'chseb ba'vort v'yei yirasei al-paneichem. Yiras Hashem leads to humility. Go'en lechazom d'chseb l'mana sh'er yitzav ezbanav ezbeisai. Kol sh'yeish b'shloish yismanam alalu roili davik bumazu. This is the story, Chavra, of, we're not done the whole story, but this is why David HaMelech said, Nisinim cannot marry into Kal Yisrael. You hear this? Granted, this started back by, by Yeshua, like we explained, right? They originally tricked Yeshua. But now, David HaMelech is reinforcing, you cannot marry these people. You know why? Yeah, they were hurt by Shul, but the, the way that you react to being hurt and losing your parnosa is by saying, you know, I'm offering you everything. No, no, no. We want revenge, says David, to call you Shul. Chevra. We got to keep these people away. Nishfana undura, undura. They're not from us. They're not from us. There's something terribly off. And if you want to know the, what is a nasin, it's this. All right? These aren't a sin. Now let's keep going in the story. Can I ask one question? Why yeah. did David go in the first year to only run two means? Why didn't he go in the first year? It's a very, it's a very good kasha. This is Mepharshim go through this. And apparently the Urim Batum was not meant to be a quick fix. It wasn't first, he, first, the first thing David had to look for was tshuva and klal Yisrael. 
the way to go is just not to, you know. David Amalek took two sons of Ritzba, the daughter of Ayah. She gave birth to Armani, and also five sons of Michal Bashol, that were given birth. All right, listen to this. You incredible? You know what? Uh, some of them. Yeah, some of them were stepsons. But listen to this. David Amalek went and he gave seven descendants of Shaul over to the Giv'ainim to be hung, the Kach Hava, and that's what happened. If this doesn't bother you, it should. David HaMelech goes and takes, they say, this is what we want for revenge. Take seven. Now notice, if you talk about being between a rock and a hard place, and I don't have a full shot, I don't know. But David HaMelech knew. Huh? Why do you give in? You, that's a great question. You know what the answer is? Because every day there's Yidin dying of starvation. The way that Hashem was running the world is He was telling David, there will not be any rain. Yidin are going to die every single day unless they give Mechila. And David Melch's now stuck. He's trying to appease them. Garnish me garnish. It's not going. And he's stuck. It's like when Gaim's around the city and they say, give us a specific person. Oh, very good, very good, very good. Rabbi Ravinsky saying, Rabbi Ravinsky saying, if if you the halacha is, if you have nations surrounding a city and they ask for specific people, then you're allowed to give over those specific people to save the whole city. But if it's in general, so now here's the problem. Is this in general? Oh, very good. So here, this is the sugi. Here, this is the sugi right here. Here we go. It says the Gemara, Maishnahani. Where these seven come from? Amr Avuna, Havirun Lufnei Arn. And this is going to answer a lot of it for us. You ready? Dovra Melech himself couldn't decide such a thing. He, he won. But here's what happened. He brought them to the Arna Kaidish. The Arun itself was Kailit. Okay? The Arun itself gave off a sign, right? Kind of held up. Whoever um, was, whichever descendants of Shaul were meant to be given over. Um, I don't know if you want to call it Lahavdil. But similarly, it's kind of like the Asara Harugi Malchus, you know, the ten Sadikim who were killed out. Before they were killed, they went to ask from behind the curtain, is this the Ratzon Hashem? Is this, is this our final decision that HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs for us? And the answer was yes. And that's when they went to their death. So David Melachim didn't really choose it, but this was the demand. David stuck. He doesn't know what to do because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is like allowing this to happen. Allowing this claim to remain in place unless tshuva is given. It's incredible, incredible stuff. So what does he do? He says, listen, I, I can't make... He takes them to the ark. Masiv Rabchana Barkatina, Vayachmal HaMalacham Lefibash Ben Yehendisam Ben Shol. He says, I don't understand something. It says, the King David had Rachmanus on Mephibashas, the son of Yehendisam, the son of Shol. Okay? Now, this Pasuk seems to imply, now Mephibashas is the son of David HaMelech's best friend. Yainusen, Shaul's son. So the Patek says, David HaMelech had Rachmanus on Mephibayshes, and he didn't make him one of the seven. According to David's terms. Okay. So the Gemara says, you see that David did play, have a role in who was handed over. He had Rachmanus on Mephibayshes, so you see he wasn't completely dependent on the Aaron. To which the Gemara answers, Shalai Avirai. David HaMelech didn't pass him in front of the Aaron. So the Gemara, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what are you going to say? Oh, you're my best friend's kid. I'll be nice to you. No, 
Says the Gemara, beautiful. Ela Shavira Vikaltai. Ubikeshalov Rachamim Bupaltai. And if Yibaisha started walking past and David Dabin for him and the Aaron's Abbasadin. He had the power of Tvila, the Kayach Tvila. Says the Gemara, still, it's not fair. Vakati Mazibadim Yishbadavar. David Melch is Davin for him. Ela Shabikesh Rachamim Shalayikletenu Ha'aran. This is so deep, so beautiful. You're right. If he would have been held up, and this gets back to your saying with the siege. If he would already been held up and David says, no, please release him. Well, you know there's going to be seven. So that means you're putting another Yid in his place. I know somebody else's blood is redder than his, as we know in Yiddishkeit, you can't kill somebody else. So that wouldn't have been allowed. But you know what David Amalek was allowed to do? Before all of Shaul's descendants were, were going by, David Amalek threw, threw a special tefillah for Mephibosheth. So this was even before Mephibosheth was chosen. Since nobody was yet chosen, David Amalek uh, Davin that Yainus son, son should be saved and that was okay okay so yes. so we're huh he still is showing favoritism it's not favoritism because you're allowed to Davin in that way it's before anybody was chosen but he's still by by saying please don't choose him isn't that the same isn't that the same no because you don't know yet that he would have been one of the seven anyway so it's not a direct cause he, he, he may very well not have been. He, you know, a few hundred people are going to be walking by. There's going to be seven. He dive into Hashem, please. You know, Hashem, if you buy, just like, make him not, as long as you're not initially chosen, it's not like you're sending somebody else in his place. Okay. That's the nafkamina. Okay. But now the Gemara asks something which, within this story, forget the Nesinim, these Gevainim, for a moment. Okay? Says the Gemara, Sha'ul did in Aver. What do these Nisinim want in revenge? What do they want in return? To kill the kids. And the Aron is letting us know which kids, Taka, should be killed. It's kind of like a Baruch is going along with this. Right? It's wild. Says Gemara, why are we going along with this? What the kids do wrong? Answer the Gemara Mechil Barah Marvichanod Motov Shatei Aker Aisachas Min Atayra Vayischal Shem Shemayim Bifarhesia Incredible, yeah, incredible. There was an incredible Chil Hashem taking place. Incredible Chil Hashem taking place. What was the Chil Hashem? So Rashi says that um, people weren't treating Gerim properly. They weren't treating the Nesinim properly. These Givanim. Okay, Yeshua just said you need to have specific jobs so we know who you are. You have different DNA. You can't marry into Klal Yisrael. But to go ahead and take away their livelihood like Shaul did, this is incredible stuff, Chavra. And then how to treat how to, when somebody converts to Yiddishkeit, the Achrayis that we have. It was a Chil Hashem that was taking place. It was worthwhile disregarding that pasuk and having children die for the Chet of their father so that the world will get a message that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't stand for allowing his children to treat their converts in a harmful way. All right, let's keep going. Batikach Ritzba Bas Aya Esasak. Ritzba, the daughter of Aya, took sackcloth. Vatateula Esatur, and she... Laid it out over a rock. Mitchilas kotzer from the beginning of the harvest ad until nitach amayim aleim and ashamayim until the water came down 
on the bodies of these seven descendants. Laila Ritzba, the daughter of Aya, took this sackcloth, she covered over the bodies, and she did not allow any uh, animals or birds to deal with the corpses. Vaksiv Laisalin says the Gemara, what do you mean? Uh, the halacha is, if anybody gets killed, you're, you have a chiv to bury them immediately, especially in the Minna Gevaret Yisrael, right? They're not playing games over here. As soon as somebody passes away, they, they make sure they have a kvuru right away. So why are these bodies laying around that she had to cover them up? It's a while. This was a Kiddush Hashem. It is. It's a Kiddush Hashem what's happening here with the death of these seven. People would pass by, you know what they would say? Why are these seven people hanging? Halalu b'nei malachimim. You know what the answer is? These are the children of our King Shaul. They're princes. Uma'asu. Why are they hanging? Princes hanging? Who ever heard of such a thing? Pashtu yedeyam begerim gerurim. Because they didn't treat converts who people, any other nation treats converts as outsiders. These princes treated the converts like outsiders. Amru, and these people who walk by the bodies will say, There is no nation in the world that does what Klal Yisrael does. If a prince of Klal Yisrael is punished this way, how much more so would an average Yid be held accountable for not accepting in a convert. That's on one side. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu stands up so much for the convert, how much more so does HaKadosh Baruch Hu stand up for somebody who's always been a Yid? They're going to take a dual message. A message, first of all, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is a people where HaKadosh Baruch Hu holds us to standards. And not only that, we are a people that Hashem stands up for. If Hashem stands up for Gerim like this, He's going to stand up for every one of His children like this. Miyad, Puzzle Gerim even, right? Right. Miyad, and these are the Nesidim, right? Miyad immediately, Nitaisu al Yisrael me'avachamishim alaf, there were 150,000 Gerim. Because of the death of these seven people, 150,000 people became Gerim. It's not so clear whether they mamish converted or they became Gertaishav, as we call it. They were Makabal Shav and Mitzvah Nayach. It just uses the word Gerim, and not so clear. But either way, they left their Avaydazars because they, they, they took this message of perfection from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shinamar elef. And to Shlomo, there were 70,000 Naisei Sabal Shwedim El Chayt Zebar. There were 70,000 who were carrying and 80,000 who were, um, who were uh, you know, um, um, working on the mountain. Be it as it may, 80,000 plus 70,000, you had another 150,000 people with Shlomo. Now, how do you know these 150,000 people were converts? All it says is Shlomo, all of a sudden we quote a puzzle, 70,000, 80,000, says the Gemara, maybe these people with Shlomo were just regular Jews helping him out, yeah? Shlomo Melech never took a regular Yid 
as an Ever. I have a Doma Dugzar Ba'alma. So maybe these people were workers. Maybe he paid them. So Gemara says, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. We, we have no raya from this pasuk. What happened? Says the Gemara. Rather, Elamayacha. Rather, we learn it out from here. Vayimtu. Again, what are we trying to figure out? The hundred fifty thousand converts. Okay. Vayis Elamayacha. Vayis for Shlaimai. And Shlaimai counted. Kol haAnashim Agerim. All of the men who were Agerim. Masher Ba'Eret Yisrael. V'Gaimer. Vayimatsu Meya V'Chamishim Elaf. V'Gaimer V'Yasmiyim Shivim Elaf. Sabol Ushmainim Elaf. Chaytzev Bahar. Beautiful. So you see very clearly these people taka were gerim, 150,000 gerim, and that hints to the fact of how many people either converted to Kal Yisrael or at least left their Avedazara and started following the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu because of this incredible message that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent to the world. Okay. Says the Gemara. Unisinim Davad Gazar Aleim. What the Gemara is now going to clarify is something that we've already really clarified, but we're going to take it through in the sugi, and that is, according to this story, it seems that Davad Amelech was the one who said, "Oh, they don't have in their DNA to be Yidin, so you can't marry with them." All right. Now, as we explained, it was really started in the times of Yeshua, but that's the Gemara is just going to explain now. For us, the Gemara is going to hit. The, 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 the prohibition of marrying the Nesinim, did that start from David? For the woodchoppers until the water carriers, which we know started already in the, in the Midbar, when these, uh, these uh, uh, professions were given over to the, uh, the converts. Okay? So Gemara says, Maisha Gazala Hudara. Maisha Rabbeinu, when he said that, that was only to be woodchoppers and water carriers. In that generation, David Gazal the Kula Dara. Okay, says the Gemara Shkayach. But that was also Maisha to David. But what about the story of Yeshua, as we said? Vakati Yeshua Gazal Alayu. Once they fooled him, this nation came right now. Let's, let's remind ourselves of the story. When Klaisor was about to enter Eretz Yisrael, there were nations of Canaan, these Givainim, that knew that they were in big time trouble and there was an obligation to kill them out. So they dressed up and they presented themselves. They put on a show and they, they came out to the desert and they said, we come from the faraway land. We, we've traveled so many miles. Yeah, and they were dressed in, in other, uh, other types of clothing. And we came to make peace. We heard about the wonders of everything. And Yeshua converted them, even though some of the Zakanim disagree with him, but Yeshua was fooled by them, so to speak. And... He allowed them to convert. Turns out that they really were from the people that needed to be killed, but because they were already hidden, so Yeshua gave them specific, uh, specific professions, like being woodchoppers and water carriers. Says the Gemara, why did David need to say you can't marry them and give them these special professions if it already was taking place in the times of Yeshua? Says the Gemara, Yeshua gozar bezmansh beis kayim. David gozar bezmansh ein beis kayim. Because, this is interesting, what Yeshua decreed, for them to be wood choppers was to chop wood for the Mizbeach. Chop wood for the Mizbeach. Now, once there is no Mizbeach, there was no, nothing to chop wood for. So David was geyser that in general, they need to be 
um, you know, uh, the, this is going to be their profession within Klaishol, even if we didn't necessarily need the wood. Says the Gemara, top of Ayin Tes, Amud Beis. Bimei Rebbe, Bikshulatur Nesinim. In the days of Rebbe, they wanted to say that the descendants of the Nesinim are allowed to be married into Klaishol. Amud Lehem Rebbe, but Rebbe said, Chalkeinu Natir, Chilek Mizbeach, Mi Yatir. We can release any decree that... Um, that we put into place. But the decree uh, on behalf of the Mizbeach, you cannot remove. Okay. Meaning that, you know, (laughs) they're connected for the Mizbeach, this is their job for the Mizbeach, and therefore... Uh, you, you can't remove this uh, this designation. And this argues on Rukhiya Baraba. says that the Achelak of the Ada, members of Kla Yisrael, Loyla Masr, is Asr forever. Achelak Mizbeach, but things that are, we'll call it, uh, holy for the Mizbeach, according to Rabbi Chia, the, the only time the Nisinim slash Gavainim are going to be uh, obligated to take these specific professions and be forbidden to marry in is going to be when there is a Beis HaMikdash, but whenever there's no Mizbeach to chop wood for, it doesn't apply. He actually would permit them nowadays. Okay, bottom line, the Gemara ends up with a machlaikas of what happens when there is no Mizbeach. Period. End of that Gemara. We're now up to the Mishnah. Six lines from the top of Ayin Tes Amud Beis. And here we go. Let's remind ourselves... What Mesechta are we learning? Yavomas. Ah, yeah. It's been a while since we spoke about Yavoma. All right. So we're in Paraka Aro. We're in Paraka Aro, the Parak about the fella without the Prismila, the Aro. And this Mishnah is going to pull us full throttle back into the laws of Yibum. Let us get going. Here we go. Amar Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yehoshua says, says the Mishnah. Here we go. Shamati, I, I heard. Mishnah, six lines from the top of Ayin Tes Amud Beis. There you go. All right. Shamati, I heard. Shahasaris chaylets v'cholten le'ishtai. I heard that Asaris could do chalitza, and we do chalitza on his wife. And I also heard, and I can't figure it out. Can you figure it out? Well, here we go. We're about to figure it out. So before, we, before Rabbi Akiva figures it out for us, let's talk about what's going on. Asaris is a fella that can't have children. He's sterile. The mitzvah of Yibam. Mitzvah of Yibam. Vosmeint. What does that mean, Yibam? The brother is going to keep the name of his deceased brother alive. Alright? So, here we go. Says Rabbi Yeshua, I heard that the wife of Asaris, you following me? You, is there Yibam? Asaris, the, the original husband was sterile. Does the brother have chalitza or yibam? So Yeshua says, I heard no. I'm sorry, he says, I heard yeah. And I also heard 
that if the Yavam is a Saris, what happens if the original brother could have had children? And then he dies. And the brother waiting, Shimon, the Yavam is sterile. He knows he can't have children. Does he need to do Yibam or Chalitza? Okay, that's the... I heard about the original husband being sterile and that the Yavam being sterile. Says Rabbi Shua, I heard in one place there is Chalitza. And I heard in another place there's no Chalitza and I can't figure this out. That's why I'm confused. Here we go. Amar Rabbi Akiva, Amar Rabbi Akiva, Amar Rabbi Akiva. Yeah, Rabbi Akiva says, the Rabbi Yeshua, he says to Rabbi Yeshua, Farish, I'll explain what's going on. Saris Adam, a sterile person through Adam. You know what Adam means? Adam means something happened during his lifetime. The example the Gemara gave earlier, you had a guy climbing a tree and he had something went terribly wrong and his testicles got crushed. His aver got ripped. And now he can't have children. That's called the Saris Adam. Okay? Anything that happened, exter- you know, because something that happened during the guy's lifetime. If you're a Saris Adam, you must do Chalitza, and you do Chalitza on the wife. Meaning, there is Torah Sibam, but you're not allowed to do Yibam. You have to do Chalitza. Okay? You have to chalitz. Fine. We'll see why in the Gemara. Since at some point in his life he was connected to Yibam, so you got to do it. Now we'll see in the Gemara why ultimately you can't do Yibam and you have to chalitz. Fine. But what about Sris Chama? Sris Chama means you're sterile because of the sun. Nature. You've been sterile your whole life. A person's born without the ability to have children. There, there's no chalitza. And it, it, there's no there's no chalitza if Reuven, the original husband, was a sris chama, and there's also no there's also not going to be yibam on the brother Shimon, the yavam, if yavam is a sris chama. Okay, because he never had a shasakaish. Fine. So we have Rabbi Yeshua make, giving a statement, and Rabbi Akiva explaining what he heard to himself. This that you heard, a saris has chalitza. That's by a saris adam. And this that you heard, that a saris does not have chalitza. That's by a saris cham. Okay. Rebbe Leezer, Aymer. Rebbe Leezer says, Loi ki. It's not so. Now, he's not arguing with Rabbi Yeshua. He's arguing on Rabbi Akiva's explanation of Rabbi Yeshua. And here we go. Loi ki. Ella, rather. Let me explain. Saris chama. By a sris chama, a natural sterile fellow, chaylets the cholzin ishtei. Then there is chalitza. Incredible. You know, yeshle refuah means he has everything that he needs in order to have children. Okay, he has whatever he needs in order to have children. What does that mean? By Yisrael Adam, like we said, his testicles became crushed. Something went wrong with his aver. Says Rabbi Eliezer, if you, if you have your aver, and you have your beitzim, and you have the reproductive organs in place, even though from the time you're born, well, your body is not producing uh, zera, whatever it is, but you have, uh, you, you, um, you have your avarim, you have your limbs, then... 
um, there is going to be yibum and chalitza. Okay, you have as, as long as you have, fine. Um, sris adam, but a sris adam where something went wrong. It is what it is, right? You got some sort of injury. You don't have your aver. You don't. Your your, your beitzim are detached or crushed. So then we're not going to assume that some guy that there's less of a chance some guy's going to come along with with a, a procedure that can that can now uh, allow you to have children. You don't even have the avarim to be able to have children. Okay. Hey, Rabbi Yeshua ben Mesera al ben Megunas. Rabbi Yeshua ben Mesera gave edus about somebody by the name of Ben Megunas. So, hey, Rabbi Shalayim, who was in Yerushalayim, Sris Adam, the Yivmu es Ishtai, Lekayim Divi Rabbi Akiva. He was a Sris Adam, and he did Yibum. Now, interestingly, it doesn't say he did Chalitza. Okay? He did Yibum, and this goes in line with the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, who says that there is Torah's Yibum. There is the laws of Yibum if a person had the external Injuries. Okay, so that's the machlekes, which the Gemara is going to delve into. Again, a fascinating machlekes, which is, Rabbi Akiva says, when you were born sterile, no yibum or chalitza. Why? It doesn't even start. Why? Because there was never a point in your life where you were fit to have children, and the whole mitzvah of yibum is dependent on being able to have children on behalf of your brother. Well, Rabbi Eliezer says, no. It's not about whether you ever had a time in your life. It's about the future. It's not about the past. It's about future opportunity to have children. If a guy doesn't have a male organ, it doesn't grow back like a fingernail. It's not coming back. And therefore, no shy chastim or chalitza. Because you're not, you're not having kids. But a person who has it, he just, his body's not producing the, the sperm to be able to have children, that's when we say there's not going to be uh, um, by Yisris Chama, that's what we say you could do, but by Yisris Adam you can't, because there you got no chance. Okay. Fight on the mission. Hasaris leichayletz lemiyavim. Hasaris leichayletz miyavim. Okay. Now what type of Saris? So it's going to depend, right? Whether you follow uh, Rabbi Akiva or Rabbi Liazir. Nachon? You understand? There's a Saris leichayletz lemiyavim. If you can't do it, so then according to Rabbi Liazir, it's a, a natural Saris. According to, to, according to Rabbi Kiva, it's a natural source. According to Rabbi Lazar, it's Swiss Adam. The Chayn Islandess, Leichelet Zvamzibam, is similarly an islandess. A woman, the widow herself, is an islandess. Right? So the Shimon, the, the Yavam, does he do Yibam on an islandess? So this is, yeah, Yavam. No, Chabra, we had this a few times. There's no Yibam on an islandess. Hasaris, Shechalas, Levim, Tait, Leib, Posla. Hasaris, who does not need to do Yibam or Chalitza, if he does Chalitza, Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Right? Why? Why? Because she's not a divorcee. No shaykhs. Yeah, nothing. Fine. But Allah, but if he had beer with her, psala. So then she is a zaina. Because she just had relations with her brother-in-law. Right? And any woman who had a bilaznus is puzzle for Mangakayan. The Khain Island is Shahotulachin Zimli and Islandis. That the brothers did chalitza on. Is there anything uh, anything happening to her? Lai paslua. She's not puzzled from marrying a kayan. Think about it. Think about it. You have now she can't have children, so this is going to be the case. Ruvain is married to an islandess. 
Obviously, they're not having children because she's an islandess. She, does, she doesn't have the ability to have children. Reuven dies. She's a widow. Can she marry a Kohen? Yeah. As long as the Kohen already has his mitzvah free of Herivia, she can marry a Kohen. There's no problem. She's a regular widow. Shalom al Yisrael. Okay. So an islandess that the brothers do, do chalitza do, like pastua. But alua, but if they had relations with her, then pisalua. Then she becomes possible. Why is she becoming possible? Because even though she can't have children, Lamaisa, she just had relations with her brother in law. She can't have relations with her brother in law. Beautiful. Okay. That's the end of the Mishnah, says the Gemara. Michti. Let's see. Shamin the Rabbi Akiva, the Omar Chavilav and Bechavi Krisis, Domo. We know that Rabbi Akiva holds that anytime you have a Chi of Lav, it's same as a Chi of Kuris. The Chavi Krisis, Lav, Benei Chilutz of Yiv and anytime you have a chi of krisis, there's no yibum or chalitza. So why is Rabbi Kiva saying that she's ushered to the yavam, yeah, and, and even entering, uh, why are we even entering this parsha? If, l'chaira, according to him, there shouldn't even be teras yibum. It's good kasha. Now, the Gemara is, the only reason why we're asking kasha is because it's based off of an assumption. Rabbi Akiva, let, let's explain the assumption. Rabbi Akiva's of the opinion that the same way a marriage to a chi of kares would not be valid, so too a marriage to a chi of love is not valid. That was a Bekiva statement. The assumption here is, is if you're going to say that, that means any chi of love and a chi of kares will always have the same halacha. And the same way by a chi of kares, the yibam rechalitza doesn't start. If my daughter falls to me in yibam, my brother married his niece, and, they, and he died childless. So my daughter is falling to me in yibam. That's a chi of kares. Is there Yibam or Chalitza there? No. So the Gemara is, not, it doesn't start, because she's my daughter. She's an erva. Okay? So the Gemara's assumption is, Rebbe Kiva would hold, that that would hold true by any love. Any woman that falls to me, Bechi of love, also Yibam Chalitza doesn't start. So why is Rebbe Kiva starting to get involved in this whole business? We're dealing with Chiyuvei love over here. Ruvain married a convert. Rebbe Kiva, Rebbe he says, Kahal Gerim are not called Kahal, and therefore, um, even, if a yum, even if the Yavama is a woman who converted, she's allowed to marry the Yavam who's a Sris Adam. She'd be allowed to marry him because, again, a, a, um, a Petua Daka and Kroshivcha are only forbidden to marry native Yisraelim. But a convert would be allowed, and that would be allowed. Says Gemara, Yihachi, Yavu, Meinavi, Miyavim. Why did the Mishnah say do chalitza? You should even be allowed to do yibum in such a circumstance. You could have done yibum. Since Rabbi Yeshua is the one who used the expression of chalitza, Amar Nami Bekiva said also the word chalitza, but really he would agree that yibum could be done. Dekanami, you could imply this as well, that Rabbi Kiva Taka held yibum would be allowed. You understand what's happening here? It's Gishmak. Yeah, since we're establishing that she's a Giyaris, Shimon the Yavam, who even though he's a Sris, even though he's sterile, so doing Yibam on her is not a prohibition. It's not even a lot. Because she's not called Kahal. So there's no prohibition of this marriage. Gishmak. Beautiful, right? What was the case that we proved, Rebbe Kiva? A case of Yibam. So you see, Rebbe Kiva, Takahot, you don't need to do Chalitza. And even the performance of Yibam is going to be allowed. Okay. Now, what we just established is something quite fascinating. What we just said is like this. The case of our Mishnah, it is. 
of Rabbi Yeshua's statement, we left, it's kind of like Iker Chasim and Asif, one of the main ideas was lacking for the Mishnah. And we're saying the case where Mishnah is, where the Yavama was a convert. Since the Yavama was a convert, so whether the original husband was a Saris, whether the Yavama was a Saris, there's no problem, because she's not called Kahal Hashem. So they're allowed to be married, hence there's no Kares, there, there's, no there's no Lav. Ah, the case works amazing. Says the Gemara, pause, hold on, Masiv Rabbah. Rabbi asked the challenging question. By a Petu of Daka and a Kros Shifcha, Shris Adam, somebody who is a Shris Adam, okay? Something that happened um, after he was born. Or, let's say you have somebody, 119 years old. 119 years old, chances are they're not having children anymore. Okay? You can do Yibam or Chalitza. Either one, even though you're not going to have children. For example, Mesu, if these... If let's say this 119 year old man passes away, okay, or a Sris Adam passes away, and they have wives and they have brothers, and the brothers stand up and they do mimer on one of the wives, or they give a get, whatever they did is valid at work, if they have meal with them, it works, if the brothers um, of, of the Kroshivcha and etc., the Zakain, if they die, and they were the ones who died, and their brothers get up and do Maimer, okay? Vinas Nuget. Or they give again. Even though it's a valid marriage, you're not allowed to keep them. So the Maisi, you're not allowed to marry her. You're not allowed to have Bia with her. Because you're Layavi Bikal. But we see that we're dealing with the Yavamba who's part of the Kahal. Because over here, here's what we're challenging. You know, we're saying we're dealing with a woman who's Layavi Bikal. She's a convert. She's not part of the Kahal. I'm sorry, not Layavi Bikal. You were dealing with a woman who's not part of the Kahal. Over here, we see we are dealing with a woman who's part of the Kahal because we're not allowing the Kroshivcha to marry her. You understand? If we're not allowing the Kroshivcha to marry her, it must be that she's part of the Kahal. We're not dealing with a Giyaris. And if that's true, we're back to our original question. Beginning of the Gemara. According to Rebekiva, why, why is he getting involved in our Mishnah? According to him, nothing's valid anyway. We're dealing with a lav. Here's what happened. You know the case. Ruvain was married to Rachel. And he dies childless. Rachel's now a Yavama to Shimon. After, while she's waiting for Shimon, Shimon becomes a Sris Adam. Shimon's climbing down a tree, and then he becomes a Sris, a Sris Adam. Okay. And since it happened afterwards, so they already had a Zika. They already had a bond. Why don't we say that the, the transgression of being a Petsu Adaka pushes aside the Asay of Yibam? We have a Lysa Asay. He's La Yavi Bikal. He cannot marry once it happens to them. It should push aside his mitzvah of Yibam. Me like Tanan, didn't we learn in a mission of Gabriel Laimer? When you have a young woman, a young girl who was married off by her mother and her brother and she becomes an adult, she's allowed to re, uh, completely nullify the marriage. And if she doesn't, we should wait until, until um, uh, she should wait until the Yavama, the, um, the, the uh, Yavam reaches, um, reaches godless. 
and therefore they are now allowed to be. They would be allowed to do yibum. Uh, and the Avama will go out because she's considered his wife's sister. So the same way in that case we say that the Isra Vachais Isha pushes aside the Mitzvah of Yibum and we say you're not allowed to do Yibum, Hachanami. So too in our case of the Kroos Shivcha where you became a Kroos Shivcha after she was already the, the Shemeris Yavam, Nesi Isr Patsua Daka, Hachanami Nesi Isr Patsua Vinitri. I was looking for the word Daka, and it's not there. Nesi Isr Patsua, let the Isr come, Vinitri, and push aside, and push off the mitzvah of Yibum. Okay? It's a good kasha. Let the Lysa say, push aside the Asay. So we have Rabbah didn't like the original Pshat, and we have Abaye not liking Rabbah's Pshat. Ella Amar Rabbi Yasef, so rather Rabbi Yasef says, and you know, Abaye was Talmud Muvuk of Rabbi Yasef. So maybe Rabbi Yasef is uh, coming to give. His, uh, he likes his Talmud's knockoff of Rabbah, so he's going to come, you know, uh, offer another pshat. Alam Rabbi Yosef, Hai Tona, Hach Tona, Debei Rabbi Kiva, Hida Omar, Mechavi Lavin, Deshar, Havi Mamzer, Mechavi Lavin, Grede, Loi, Havi, Desha'er, I'm sorry, Mechavi Lavin, Desha'er, Achai of Lavin, of a Sha'er, which is uh, close relatives, then have a mamzer, that's going to cause a mamzer. Mechayiv lavin greda, loy have a mamzer. But a standard chayiv lavin does not create a mamzer. What Rabbi Yosef is doing for us is telling us, you know, as we said in the beginning, it was an assumption to say that Rabbi Akiva would say there's no chalitza or yibo by a lav. What was the assumption? Because since Rabbi Kiva holds marriage is invalid by Allah, it must be the same thing here. That's an assumption. To which Rabbi Yosef is knocking off the original assumption and saying, don't think that Rabbi Kiva holds, it always needs to be the same, and I'll prove it to you. Because there are some Chai Lavin where Rabbi Akiva will clearly say, the kid's not going to be a mamzer. Right? The kid's not a mamzer. But by Krisis, he'll hold, you're always a mamzer. So Rabbi Yosef is just pointing out that Rabbi, well, Rabbi Akiva's statement of marriage being valid or not, there's not necessarily going to play a role in the halachas of, of uh, Yibam. Okay. It says in the Pasuk of Yibam, says the Gemara, but he's not fit for this, so um, he's not fit to establish for his brother. Incredible, incredible statement of Rabbah. And Rabbah says, listen, you should know something. Um, before anybody dies, before anybody dies, um, we're going to assume that, you know, at some point, anybody who has this chus to have old age, okay, Sholem run. Um, was was once standing up, and as he stood up, he's like, ah, yeah, yeah. He gives, he gave a little krechts. Rostamidim said, Rabbi, know what's bothering you? He says, I have a problem that I don't want my worst enemy to ever have. I don't want my worst enemy to ever have my problem. So what's your problem? He says, old age, old age. Doesn't want his enemies to have old age. Yeah, right. It's a schus. It's a schus to live. Right. Some people aren't zayche to reach that age. So it says the Gemara that if you're going to say that, you know, any time you're, you're even coming around a Sris Adam, at some point in anybody's life, we're going to become a Sris Adam, right? According to nature, very often, 
you know, uh, as we move along in life, a person's ability to uh, to reproduce is uh, is weakened. Okay, so it's not about ever being capable of having children because at some point it applies to everybody. So Gemara says, So should we say that Rav's answer knocks off Rabbi Eliezer's pshat originally as well? Okay, why? Because Rabbi Eliezer told us that a, uh, a sris adam, when it happened later, so since there was at least some point in his life where he had the ability to, uh, to father children, so we know for sure that, that uh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, if we know for sure that at some point in his life, uh, right before he dies, he's going to become sterile, and we're still going to say his wife falls to Yibam, why is that happening? Obviously, even Rabbi Lezer will be in agreement that, uh, that we're, we're going to keep Taras Yibam. No, that's, that, you know, before somebody dies, their body becomes very weak. You, you don't call them sterile. You just say that th- their body is weak. But we're not going to call that a state of, of uh, being sterile. Just to end off this daf, what's considered a srischamo? Now, with srischamo, we translated it to be naturally sterile, right? Uh, through the sun, not through something externally. It means call, top of tomorrow's daf, anybody who never had a moment in his life where he was able to have children. To which the Gemara is going to ask, and this we'll pick up with tomorrow, Mirz Hashem, You know, how do we know that a one-minute-old child, from the moment he's born, cannot have children? How do you know that this, that anybody, how are you going to be able to figure out that the moment they're born, they already were incapable of having children, and they, and they have the status of a Srishama? How are we to figure this out? To which the Hashem, tomorrow, the Gemara will start to answer this question. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody. I did a her father was 82 when the son was conceived. Yeah. He may have, might have had some help, but... Okay. Okay. So that, that's also yeah. interesting. Is it, does he have to have a mice of Bia, or does he have to be a 